You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. There's nothing more powerful, listen to me, than a deep relationship to persuade you to go away that you may not go otherwise. God wired us to relate. He wired us to worship Him, and He wired us to to be in relationship with other people. And once somebody has your heart, your affection, your loyalty, there's very little stronger than that. In your walk with Jesus, have you surrounded yourself with a body of believers? Have you made an effort to make sure your friends are walking in His ways? In today's message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that if you want to see yourself mature into the person that God wants you to be, you need to start listening to the right influences. As harmless as some of the world's wisdom may seem, it'll serve to slowly and painfully ruin your life. Remain committed to the only thing that will last, eternity with Jesus. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Proverbs chapter 27 as he begins his message, Who Your Friends Are. I'm going to talk about four areas, and let me just tell you what they are. Here's the four predictors of your future, four prophecies of your future, who your friends are, what your habits are, what you worship, because you know everybody worships something, even those that say I'm an atheist, they worship something, because God wired us to worship, so I guarantee you we worship. And then finally, who you're learning from. Oh, it matters who has your ear and who you're learning from about life and living and spiritual things. All right? So here we go. The importance of who your friends are. How many of you have a friend? How many of you are a friend to someone else? How many of you are thankful for the friend that sticks closer than a brother? This one. Amen. Now, let me just define what I mean by friend. When I say friend, I mean who you primarily run with who you spend your time with, who you talk to, who you share your secrets with. They know more about you than anyone else on the earth, your real, close, inner circle friends. They know your stuff. They know what you're doing, how you're living, uh, what you're messing up with, bad decisions and good ones. Your friends know about you. They know everything about you because you've trusted them with your heart and with the inner sanctum of your soul. You've let them in to the real you. That's your friend. You spend most of your time with them. These are the people you have allowed into the innermost recesses of your heart. And these are the people to whom you have given your heart and your trust. Your close friends. Your inner circle of friends. Your BFFs. Best friends forever. Your soulmates, your running buddies, the ones you talk to more than anybody else, that's your friends. And most of us have friends somewhere like that. Next to Jesus, nobody influences you more than your friends. I'm going to say that again. Next to Jesus, nobody influences you more than your friends. You believe that? I guarantee you it's true. You can't have a best friend or a good friend, a running buddy who you're with all the time and not have them influence your life. They're going to exert 
powerful influence on you. Your friends. No way around it. Show me your friends and I'll pretty much show you where you're going to be five years from now. Amen, Pastor Jeff, you're getting good now. See, I can tell I'm starting to go where we live. It gets real quiet and con contemplative. Now, notice, he says, I want you to be very careful. This is, the, this is the counsel of the word of God. Be very careful and wise about how you choose as friends. Now, notice he said, friends are a choice. The, the, the wise and the righteous should choose their friends carefully. You know, nobody makes you have a friend. We choose our friends. We pick our friends. They, they are a result of our choices. You're not running around with somebody that you haven't chosen. You, you picked them. And you picked them for reasons. And, and, and somebody said, well, I've got such good chemistry with this person or these people. That may be good and well, but that doesn't mean they're godly friends. You may get along with them. They may, they may fit into your personality, but that doesn't mean God brought them. Can I talk to you straight today? Yeah, yeah, you can, you can say, wow, we got such good, we have so many things in common. That doesn't mean God sent them. Do you know that Pilate and Herod became best friends as both of them together orchestrated the crucifixion of Christ? Their friendship was a friendship made in hell. But the Bible says they became best friends, good friends. In that setting, I don't think God was a part of that friendship. Be very careful because who you pick is going to influence you. And if it's the wrong kind of friendship, then it can lead you and will lead you astray. That's what he's saying. Now, on the other hand, the flip side is there are good friendships, positive friendships, helpful, advantageous, uplifting, God-glorifying, Christ-exalting friendships. And that's the kind we want. If you choose the right kind of friends, godly friends, who are seeking Jesus and are submitted to his word, it's going to be an incredible blessing to your life. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, listen to this, I love this verse, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. What's that talking about? I, I believe we all have a, a spiritual cutting edge. When you get saved, God wants us to be spiritually sharp. All right? We're to be spiritually sharp. We're to be discerning. We're to keep our first love with Jesus. We're to be influential for him. We're to bring forth fruit. We're to have a cutting edge, a spiritual cutting edge that is positive and good and godly. And he says, to help you maintain the cutting edge on your spiritual life, God will bring a friend into your life. I like uh, this other version. As one piece of iron sharpens another, so friends keep each other sharp. Amen. Now, God will bring friends into your life. You start to go off into sin, they are in your face. What are you doing? Where are you going? Well, I just really think that I need to go do this over my dead body because I'm your friend and I love you and I'm fighting for you and I'm not going to let you go there. I'm a godly friend. I'm a godly friend. They, they help you keep your walk with God sharp. Okay? They, they add to your spiritual keenness. 
They, they help you to avoid sin. They encourage you to follow the plan that God has laid out for you. They are cheerleaders for your spiritual success. The right kind of friends. Conversely, the wrong kind of friend dulls your walk with God, dulls your cutting edge, leads you into compromise after compromise, and influences you to go down the wrong path. And there's nothing more powerful, listen to me, than a deep relationship to persuade you to go away that you may not go otherwise. God wired us to relate. He wired us to worship him, and he wired us to, to be in relationship with other people. And once somebody has your heart, your affection, your loyalty, there's very little stronger than that. That's why, let's, let's talk about dating. If you're single, I don't care if you have things in common. I don't care if they're a good fit to your relationship. I don't care if there's good chemistry. The question is, are they walking with the Lord like you are? That's the acid test. That's the litmus test. The wrong kind of friend will dull you. The, the wrong kind of friend, because of the power of relationship and connection and attachment, nobody can lead you astray like that person. And nobody can help you go forward in God like that person. Somebody once said, and I believe this is absolutely true. I know it's true. When God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. When Satan wants to destroy you, he puts a person in your life. See, both Satan and God understand the incredible, awesome power of relationship. Satan knows if I can sow a tear into your life, if I can sow somebody into your life you get attached to, but they don't really walk with God, then I have an incredible leverage over your life to get you away from God. And God knows if I can bring a godly person into your life, a godly friend, and, and you begin to hang with them, run with them, fellowship with them, talk with them, go to church with them, worship with them, they're going to be powerful in influencing you towards God and in keeping you sharp. So when God wants to bless you, he puts a person in your life. When Satan wants to destroy you, he puts a person in your life. So we're to be very wise who we bring into our inner circle, into the inner sanctuary of our soul, who we trust with our deepest secrets, who we allow to capture our heart. You gotta be very, that's why I say to those of you dating, you're not married yet. Listen carefully to me today, because once you're in love, we've lost you. Because once you're in love, you're stuck on stupid. <laughs> once you're in love, we can't reach you. Once you're in love, you are deaf to any word of reason. So, so before you fall in love with somebody, be sure they go through the litmus. Are they walking with Jesus like me? Were they going to church before I knew them? Do they pray? Do they seek God when nobody's looking? Who are they in their private life? Check it out. I'm saving you some tears today, some sorrow today. 
Let me give you two examples from Scripture of both good and bad friendships. The, the good one, the best one in the Bible, one of the most outstanding friendships, godly friendships, David and Jonathan. We all know who David was, but who was Jonathan? Well, Jonathan was King Saul's son. And he was the heir apparent to the throne of Israel the way that it was done back then. He was the heir apparent to the throne of Israel. We know that Jonathan was a man of God, a young man of God. He was heroic. He had done heroic things militarily when he first encountered David. And David and Jonathan met in the context of a great victory for God. They met in the context of David killing Goliath. That's when they met. And the Bible says when David killed Goliath with a sling and a stone, Saul, King Saul, who had been hiding in fear in the tent and should have been leading the way, the King Saul called for him and said, I need to meet this young man. He just brought down the giant with a sling and a stone. So it says he interviewed him. And when he interviewed David, it says Jonathan was standing nearby. And he heard his dad say to David, uh, uh, whose son are you, young man? Where'd you come from? Where have you been all my life? He said, I'm the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. And the Bible goes on to record when he had finished speaking to Saul, listen to what happened. The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, the homosexual movement has tried to say, or at least some in it, that this is, this is telling us that they entered into a, a gay relationship. And, and that's complete blasphemy and misinterpretation of Scripture because the Word of God says there's nothing sexual at all about this relationship. God knitted their heart in godly friendship on the spot. The word knit means bound up or melded together. Metaphorically, it means to be allied with. So what it's telling us is these two, David and Jonathan, became each other's allies and supports and cheerleaders and friends and protectors. I'm for you, you're for me. We're in this together. Somebody attacks you, they attack me. If you fall, I fall. If you win, I win. It's an expression of deep, pure affection, a joining of two godly souls under the influence and the touch of God. They were both heroic. They were both kindred spirits. They had a meshing they, listen, what they saw in each other was a mere expression of their own powerful faith in God. One commentator writes, Jonathan and David possessed one thing in common, an intense, unswerving belief in the power of Jehovah of Israel to keep and to save all who trusted in him. Their friendship was born and revolved around their mutual faith in God. This was a godly God-ordained, God-inspired, God-centered friendship. It goes on to say in verse 3 that Jonathan and David made a covenant, and this is a covenant that saved David's life. Because he loved him as his own soul, the Bible says, talking about Jonathan, Jonathan took off the robe that was on him, gave it to David, 
with his armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Now, let me tell you what this symbolizes. Very important. Jonathan giving him his robe, his armor, sword, bow, and belt uh, was, was an expression not only of honor, but he was also helping clothe David with what he would need to walk in the court of the king. Because, it says in verse 2, Saul took him, that is David, that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. So David is plucked out of the pastures, out of herding sheep, and he's brought right into the court of the king. And so what is Jonathan doing? He is giving him what he, outer wear that he needs to walk in the court of the king. Put another way, he's preparing him right off the bat for who he was called to be in God. See, that's what a real friend will do. A real friend will recognize the call of God on, on your life and will build you up for it and push you forward into it and prepare you with everything that's in them for the moment that you step into the fullness of your calling into the court of the king. That's what godly friendship does. Godly friendship pushes you forward in God's best for you. That's what godly friendship does. Can I have an amen here? Amen. A godly friendship is a huge boost and a blessing from God for your spiritual growth. Listen to the verse again. As one piece of iron sharpens another, so friends keep each other sharp. God gave me these kinds of friends years ago when I was in my low 20s and just starting out in the ministry and starting out in God. God gave me a group of guys he linked us with, because we were all seeking the same Jesus. We were all called of God to ministry. And we were all going the same direction. We were all walking the narrow path that leads to life. We were all about Jesus. We were sold out. We were all in. And God brought us together in the early 20s. And what's so powerful is they're still there with me today. Still there. Now, I'm going to get real transparent with you. We were young men. And in the 70s, the 70s, the early 70s, is when the floodgates of hell opened up and vile, filthy pornography flooded the land. And any red-blooded American male who loved Jesus was having to stand up and fight it. And not just that, but the whole tenor of the culture was wicked. So we used to get together and say, how are you doing with temptation to porn? How are you doing with your thought life? How are you doing in prayer? How are you doing uh, uh, with relationships? Who are you dating? And if you're dating anybody, we want to meet them. And we were accountable to each other. We supported each other. We prayed for each other. We were open with each other. Because all of us were pushing the other forward. We all became pastors. We all became ministers. All of us. And, and to this day, every single Sunday morning, we get together on, what'd you call it? Group chat. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm internet illiterate. Group chat. And, and Pastor Sonny generally kicks it off and he'll share some scripture. And to this day, we will say, go preach the paint off the wall. Go knock the devil down. Go win souls. You go, guy. You go, guy. 
And that's been going on, are you ready? 50 years. Hmm. I started out at nine years old. No, but that blesses me because God gave me godly friendships. And if any of us have ever started to go off or do something stupid, we're in each other's face. What are you doing? You're not going there. What are you thinking? I'm going to pray with you. No, you're not going there. Over my dead body, you're going there. No, no, no. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes. This godly friendship proved to save David's life because the day that Saul got intensely jealous of David. And he decided he was going to kill him. He stalked him for 10 years. For 10 years, David slept in caves and in open fields, going to sleep with one eye open and a sword in his hand. Is today the day he's going to find me? Saul had amassed the entire Israeli army. David was the number one top most wanted fugitive of Israel for 10 years. And, and how did he survive it? Well, one way was Jonathan told him what his father Saul was doing how he could escape it, how he could avoid it. And because of Jonathan, his life was saved. Now think about this. Without Jonathan and David's friendship, most of the Psalms wouldn't be there. Big chunks of the Bible wouldn't exist. And the lineage through which Christ came, the lineage of David, would have been cut off. But for that godly, God-ordained, Friendship. Mm. So we've seen a good friendship. Let me talk to you about a bad one, and then we're going to close. The Bible says, don't be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. Don't think you're an exception. Don't think because you're so spiritually strong, you can endure safely and sustain your spiritual life in a bad friendship. Don't be fooled. Bad friends will ruin good habits. Now this tells us right off the bat what a bad friendship does. Why Satan sows a terror into your life. Here's why. Because it ruins good habits. The word habits, the Hebrew word that habits is translated from means morals. The Bible is warning that over time, a bad friendship will heavily influence your morals, your ethics, your spiritual convictions, will dull you and wear you down where you've lost, you've spiritually lost what you had. Here's the fact, you will become like who you run with. I'm going to say that real slow. You will become like who you run with. Say, no, no, I'm going to pull them up. That's not what the Bible says. You run with the wrong people, they're going to pull you down. You will become like who you run with. That's the way God made relationship. You're going to become just like who you're spending your time with. My mother's parents, I went to visit them. I led both of them to Christ when they were in their uh, 70s. But they had been married their entire life. They were in upstate New York. They got married, get this, when she was 13 and he was 15. And it made it. It survived. The governor of New York sent them a 50th anniversary celebratory card. But they didn't know Jesus, so I went up there and I noticed this about them. 
They were just two peas in a pod. What causes the most pain in your life? It's safe to say that for most of us, the hardest times come when our influences don't involve God. In today's message, Pastor Jeff showed you that if you want to experience growth and renewal in your relationships, you always need to turn to godly influences. The only way to bring love back into your life is by experiencing it with who you surround yourself with. Let God's perfect grace transform your entire world. Here's Diane with some more info about Hardwired. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. Thanks for being a part of this ministry and helping it to continue to be an encouraging and uplifting resource for you and others. Now I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. Have bad habits ever ruined your life? Have you ever seen your life take a drastic change because of something that you couldn't stop yourself from doing? Next time on Hardwired, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that even when it seems like you'll never be able to overcome the mistakes you keep making, God is here to deliver you. Don't let fixable habits be your demise. Leave what hurts you the most in the dust by choosing God's wisdom day in and day out. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of Proverbs next time on Hardwired.